Just a reminder, our podcast deals with crimes that are often violent and graphic in nature, so listener discretion is advised. So when in doubt, leave the kids out. Now, please let us take you back in time. Thought I'm hitting re- Oh, I did hit record. <laughs> yes. Hey, everyone. We Hi. were just having a mishap there with the recording, but we got it going. And <gasps> welcome back. And Melissa and I are well and happy and excited. Not coughing anymore. Yay. And can talk. Yeah. Three weeks. Yep. Three oh. weeks. Sorry. We missed it. Yes. We were sick. But now we're well, and it thankfully it. it was yep it was not that bad, and <laughs> so we were able to get back on track. But it still took some time. So welcome back. Yep. But we're going to still talk about the story we were going to talk about. Yes. Um, a couple of weeks ago, which was Easter week, when you know, COVID happened and we had to stop things. Um, so we're going to talk about something that happened on Easter, but at least it's not the week of. So we hope you had a nice Easter. And then we're going to talk about um, James Rupert. You want to talk about James? Yes, let's talk about James Rupert. Sounds good. You oh, you want me to talk about James? <laughs> okay, sorry. We're trying to get back on track together. Yes. Okay, so I'm talking about James. All right, we are talking about um, James. He was born on April the 12th, which happened to be, what, last week? Yes. Yes. Um, Monday was a week in 1934. He was the second child. He had an older brother. His brother's name was Leonard Jr. So as a lot of the stories we talk about, Melissa, sometimes not everyone, but most of them have a rough home life or an upbringing. And Mm -hmm. so he was no different. His home life wasn't the best. His father, Leonard, had a very violent temper and he didn't show much affection for his two sons. The mother, her name was Charity, and she was not shy about the fact that she would have rather had a daughter instead of another son. She would often brush James, who we're talking about, his hair and talk to him like he was a baby, even when he was a teenager. So that that's kind of creepy in yeah. a way, you know. Um, doesn't sound quite like he's off to a good start. <laughs> well, not healthy to say, hey, wish you were a daughter. Yep, that didn't help. And then you're brushing the hair like you would a daughter. And so um, then Leonard, the dad, he died when his children, Leonard Jr. was 14 and James was 12. So this forced James's older brother, Leonard Jr., to step up and kind of take on a role of head of the household for the family. And if he had a father that was violent and had a temper, you can probably imagine kind of how he handled things trying to be the cycle. man of the yeah that cycle of um and he didn't know how to be a man at 14 and so he stepped up and then so he was older and like we just said he uh, had a habit of picking on James cuz James was smaller and weaker and of course he was younger so uh, but he had, I was which it's say, normal for older siblings to pick on younger siblings. It is, yes. I'm the middle, and my older and younger, they both ganged up me, on me all the time. That's right. However, so. I didn't, you know, go crazy. Like, yes. <laughs> the jury's, no, I'm just <laughs> They might she tell a different story. Crazy. She is not crazy. So, when James was 16, he decided to run away from home. Um, because he was depressed about his home life, but he also tried to hang himself, 
with a bed sheet. Mm-mm. And he was undecided. And so he returned. Undecided. He was or he, <laughs> unsuccessful. Oh, he was unsuccessful. <laughs> he decided he was going to do Well, okay. <laughs> he decided he was going to hang himself with the bed sheet, but he was unsuccessful. Yep. So at that point, he might have been undecided whether to try again or not. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> but anyway, he he decided he he did decide that he would return home. So poor guy, mm-hmm. he just he couldn't he just couldn't execute that yeah, plan the way yeah. he wanted to. And it's it's such a sad thing. And and you know we don't suicide is definitely not funny. If you have any oh, no. thoughts, please get help. But he just um he was very sad. So. Then we're going to flash forward to his adulthood. He went to college, evidently, yep. which was a good thing. I mean, you, you know, but he dropped out after two years and uh, he began to train as a draftsman. But in 75, 1975, he was unemployed, unmarried and still living at home with his mother. Um, he also owed his mother and brother a lot of money that he had lost trying to play the stock market during the crash in 1973. Um, evidently, they didn't think too bad of him if they gave him money to play no. on the stock market. <laughs> he was um, like odd jobs here and there. Never kept a steady job for a certain amount of time. So, you know, he lived at home with his mom and she was threatening to kick him out of the house. Um, not only because of the money that he owed them, but because he had developed a drinking habit. Uh, Leonard, his brother, Leonard Jr., was very successful during this time. He had graduated with a degree in electrical engineering. He actually had a loving marriage with, guess who, James's ex-girlfriend. That's a slap that, in the that's face. Just yeah, added that, on top to yes. the injury. Her name was Alma. And so that, yeah, that had to be hard. Um, So Leonard Jr. and Alma lived together in a home in Fairfield, Ohio. They had eight children ranging in ages from four to 17. So, wow, eight kids. Um, So you can imagine uh, James had to have been just really jealous. Uh, So as human nature does, it takes over and, Oftentimes, we compare ourselves when we shouldn't, but we compare us, ourselves to how other people are doing and or if they have something new. And um, so we just, you know, we beat just, ourselves up yeah, unnecessarily right? <laughs> when they probably just got free money from the government. No. And can buy it. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not really. But anyway, <laughs> you can see how James was probably jealous as we were talking about of his brother because his brother's got the marriage of the ex-girlfriend, the home. And the kids. So he's got the little pretty little American family. Um, So his brother was jealous and he was still living at home and achieving very little um, at the time. So we consider because social media was not in existence um, that this had to really affect his mental state. But now we know everything on social media and we get to watch everybody's perfect life. Um, and we have to realize that's not, that's a snapshot of one good moment and that's right. not the reality of what was behind that five seconds before or five seconds after. That's right. That's right. Because you don't, you don't really, you can't look at somebody and look at a picture. It's kind of like a, 
you know, the magazines where they yeah, no, paint no. the bodies and Photoshop the photo. Yeah. Like they're, and, yeah. So it's not the reality. And sometimes we get sucked into that. And um, it's not always, it, sometimes it is, but it's not always that way. So um, it, it's really amazing that there's not more crimes because of the similar motives. Uh, I think there is a lot, but it's I think there's, there's definitely more. more mental health issues and depression yes. and anxiety about seeing everybody's feed be so perfect and happy and yes. oh they're doing this they're doing that they got that and yeah and it's definitely so, not a good thing so it's good to limit yourself yes from those screen um, time don't yes. scroll facebook for hours that's right <laughs> or and, instagram well and now people get so many more ideas on how to do things um and because they're called influencers right yeah. the people on instagram and I mean, people kids just get upset and cry over how many likes they have yeah. and they can't get so many likes and that's that's not healthy at that's all. right um so james was often described as quiet he didn't really stand out he had no prior record, though, and no violent outbursts. Um, a month before everything was about to go down, his behavior started to change. So we would consider this a red flag moment. Uh, anytime someone is acting out of character, it's time to pay attention because something usually isn't right. And there's usually steps taken before it gets to the point of mm -hmm. um, committing this crime or a crime. He also, James was also battling depression, um, and evidently this was near his breaking point. So he went and bought some ammunition and started asking questions about the use of silencers. Then on March the 29th, 1975, he um, was seen out in his yard, I guess. I think it was by the river, like in, in, was, in the area. It, someone saw him out there, and he was um, target practice, basically, with a bunch of cans. So I guess, you know, he's an adult and all of a sudden he's starting to do something different, um, been depressed. And so even if his neighbors didn't really realize what was going on, his mom did and probably his brother, because you go from being quiet, drinking all the time. And then all of a sudden you're out, all of a sudden you got guns, Buying guns and yeah. shooting things. <laughs> right. Cause I mean, a lot of people like to engage in shooting practice and target shooting and it's a sport it's um, fun, but it is, but out of the blue for not your exactly, character. Exactly. That's of. right. Yeah. So if, if somebody just starts and they're by themselves, I think that's another one. Cause usually yeah, he people like to get together and do things um, together. So, um, so he was seen practicing with a bunch of cans as targets. And then that same night that he had been seen shooting the cans, uh, he was at a bar cause he liked to drink. So mm -hmm. that was one place he went to kind of, I guess, um, self-medicate self-medicate for depression so he started talking with this lady named um she was an employee she was an employee named wanda bishop at the bar and he started complaining to her about a problem that he needed to solve and that his mother was getting on his nerves i wonder what she you know i don't know bishop reported to the police that he was upset with his mother because she told him <laughs> What? I, I love this. Something? No, keep going. Keep okay. going. You're good. So, because she told him that if he could afford to go out and buy beer seven nights a week, he could pay rent. She's not wrong. <laughs> no, I agree. If you can buy beer and cigarettes and drugs and not pay your bills, then something's wrong there. So, yes, she is definitely not wrong. Um, so, he started unloading that to Wanda Bishop. And then... Um, but because he had an addiction, and just like we said a while ago, he was self-medicating for his depression. 
And so he wasn't going to go without his drug of choice, which was alcohol. Um, that just wasn't an option for him. So that night he left the bar around 11 but then he came back because bars typically stay open to all hours of the morning. So yeah. the last year. But anyway, <laughs> so he came back and um, she asked if his problem had been solved. But I wonder what Wanda was thinking. Like, I'm sure she hears all kinds of things yeah. at the bar. So she probably didn't think anything much about it. Because, um, I mean, for him to come back and she's like, is your problem solved? Like maybe she was just trying to make conversation. Yeah, but, like you know, his problem was his mom. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe did you go talk to her? Did you? Right, right. Like, so I'm thinking she thinks there was nothing nefarious or hopefully she would have done something I, different, maybe. <laughs> so he comes back and stays till closing time, not... He had not solved his problem and closing time was around two 30. Yep. So yeah, I was right. <laughs> um, Except now you can call and get the alcohol delivered to your house. Oh yeah. They have that. You can't go to the bar. Yeah, They have all those door things that door people delivery. come. Yeah. yeah. That is like, now you don't even have to go out. To yeah. the I can't. Can you imagine what the, um, you get alcohol delivered to your house, what the tip on that would be. I mean, it's got to be more. I, I don't drink, so I don't know. But it's got to be more expensive, I would think, just like anything else. So, the next day was Easter Sunday. So, we're going to jump right into that mm -hmm. in just a minute. Okay. Yep. All right. So, hey, guys, we're talking about Easter Sunday, March the 30th, 1975. Charity, who was mom of Leonard Jr. and James, um, she was really excited because she was going to have her family home for Easter dinner. And then um, they were, had great plans. But James, who we've been talking about, that has the drinking problem and self-medicates and goes to the bar and is shooting outside, he was upstairs sleeping off his drinking from the night before, which where he was at the bar talking to Miss Wanda. And then Leonard, his wife, Alma, ex-girlfriend of James, James, which is probably why he <laughs> didn't mind staying in bed. They came with all eight children and they arrived and they began an Easter egg hunt out on the lawn. Mm -hmm. And then after the egg hunt, most of the children were playing in the living room they were going through their baskets, as we all do, and um, seeing what was in their eggs. And so, um, hold on one second. I'm trying to make my computer <laughs> work here. Technical difficulty. Yeah. So, what in the world? It is not wanting to work. <laughs> it said, how it dare you try Okay. I don't know. That's crazy. I don't know about that. Let's see. It's not doing anything. All right, guys, so I'm setting up the scene. They're in the room. <laughs> the kids are playing with their baskets. And so Charity, she's at the kitchen stove. She's cooking um, like sloppy joes for the kids, and she's trying to fix um, lunch, like late lunch. And um, Wait, had they already eaten their turkey and ham? I didn't talk and... about what they were having. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, so my Ooh, computer maybe. is, maybe it isn't frozen. It's frozen, I don't guys. know. It has decided not to work. Sorry about that. So, so Charity's at the stove. She's cooking um, sloppy joes. And 
actually sloppy joes is that what it says well yeah for the kids i, I guess know, but, but you know how like my kid doesn't eat anything we I eat know. out of a thanksgiving or, or easter dinner he would right. eat nothing i so guess they really like we would have joes. to cook him something else and sloppy joes they're not horrible so plus feeding what eight children <laughs> eight children two parents two other adults supposedly that would be what 12 people so sloppy joes would be cheaper of course okay so ch she right. charity's in the kitchen and she was joined by Leonard Jr. and Alma. They're probably all talking about, you know, the egg hunt or catching up because they're kind of coming to visit. Cause, you know, they live in Fairfield and the kids are all checking out their eggs. Surely with eight kids. So they're like, no, that's mine. I don't like that kind of candy. I'm Can sure. I have yours? I'm sure. I can't imagine it was just quiet. Because <laughs> the youngest was four. Yeah. And, uh, up to 17. Yeah. So, um, but it was around four o'clock. So James woke up and he gets ready to come downstairs. And so as he's coming downstairs, he... Is carrying four weapons. Four weapons. He's got a 357 Magnum, two 22 caliber pistols, and a rifle that um, he slightly comes down the stairs and he props it up against the refrigerator door where it still was. So I don't think he used the rifle. I think he used just the the handguns. Okay. Um, but he first shoots. But he has four. He has this four. is in 1975. <laughs> okay. All righty. Again, just want to say, if you're going to use it, you're going to find a way to get one. But anyway. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, he shot his brother first, and then his sister-in-law, uh, which was his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Then his mom. Um, and then he turned to his nieces and nephews. Wow. So, it's happened in a span of five minutes. And wow. there were like 35 rounds fired, and he literally only paused just to reload. Um, wow. Most of them were shot in the head. One was shot in the chest. Um, so, after this shooting spree, all 11 of his family members were um, lifeless in this family home. Five were in the kitchen, six were in the living room. And it happened so fast that only one wastebasket was tipped over. There was oh. no, like, struggles. There was no couch cushions out of place. No one was, like, they didn't have time to run. They didn't they scream. Didn't, it, it happened so fast. They didn't know what was happening. I'm, you know, they couldn't have. The kids, especially, being in another room and within five minutes. Wow. I mean, and one of the policemen came in. I mean, the, the little four-year-old still had a chocolate egg in his hand. Oh, wow. That he had just opened up to, to eat. Oh. Um, but about three hours later, so he changed his clothes. Don't know if he did anything like eat or whatever. Um, but he calls the police himself. Okay. Wow. And he reported that there had been a shooting there. And so when the cops arrived, he's just standing in the doorway. And once they look past him and see the evidence of what has happened, they immediately arrest him and he went without any issues. Okay. He, he just, here, take me in, whatever. Um, so he fully cooperated, but he left quietly and he refused to speak about it. So he went with them, like acknowledging, yes, this is my fault. Right. Take me in, but I'm not going to talk about it. wonder why he didn't take himself out of the picture too. Well, that's usually what happens when like family annihilators, it's the family and then themselves. Yes. Um, there were some money issues going on. I think he believed he could get out of it by a plea of insanity or something. And then eventually the inheritance in the house, the, the money gotcha. would be his Okay. Um, in the long run, because I'm sure he was not hundred percent positive on how that works. Cause that, right. that's not what would have happened. But, right. um, but it's obvious nobody was restrained. There's no signs of the struggle. That one wastebasket that was tipped over, um, they didn't have time to react at all. Um, officers who arrived, you know, the images, you know, they couldn't shake them out of their brains. 
Um, it was just crazy. Turn the town upside down. Nothing had ever happened like that before. It was one of the most just mass shootings in, in like private residence that had happened in like ever of U.S. history at that time. And so during the pending trial, it was like a circus. The people were just pouring in. They were like trying to peek through the glass, saying it was a free show. They they were just oh, wow. trying to, yeah. before the whole media, they were making themselves, you know, the media. They People have to, always been curious and wanting to be nosy yeah. and in, into things. So. Um, so in his original trial, so he, <laughs> he had more than one, by the way. So in his first one, he was found guilty of 11 counts of homicide and sentenced to life in prison. 11 um, life sentences to serve consecutively. Okay. But it was overturned as a mistrial because they said he didn't have a fair trial. Okay. And that's usually hard to get. Wonder why they, no, no I, content on why they, the fair trial didn't have, okay. Mm, but so they, they had a second trial and they moved it 125 miles north where they said that, you know, no one knew you were around here. You were a loner, so you should have a very fair trial. Right. And so in the second trial, is when it came out about, you know, people seeing him target practice and Wanda Bishop said, hey, while he was at the bar, this is what we talked about. And um, about his mom being a problem. So again, he's found guilty of all 11 counts of homicide and sentenced to 11 consecutive life sentences. Why on earth in 1982, he was granted another trial during an appeal? I have no idea. Um, but he was trying to plead insanity and okay. the reason for his actions, which may have been his plan all along of some sort. And I've said for years that anybody that does this, even if it's just one murder, you're not in your right mind when you do that. Right. So really, you know, anyway, go ahead. That's just my thought. <laughs> my two cents. <laughs> well, I, I just don't understand defense attorneys because I just I don't know how they sleep at night. I could not. But anyway, I don't. But his defense attorney personally funded to have experts in different, you know, psychological fields from all around the country come and testify that he was insane, insane on okay. his behalf. And um, that could not have been cheap. <laughs> but he really believed that he was insane. So on July 23rd, 1982, he was found guilty to two counts of first-degree murder for the death of his mother and brother. And then he was found not guilty of all the other eight murders of the children. So he went from guilty for two to no guilty of eleven. Well, yeah. So to guilty of two, right? So, but I'm saying the guilty of two, like after he shot them and then made it to the children. I guess oh, he was then insane, he was like, like yeah. in a matter of seconds. Okay, but so he was he received only two consecutive life sentences. Okay, and I guess they're saying he was so meant to hurt his mother and his brother because they were his family they had caused all those problems since he was younger and then like he didn't know what to do because the kids were there so just take out everybody gotcha um and but, the wife uh his ex-girlfriend yeah the wife yeah okay she was just you know they were there um but in june of 1955 at the age of 61 he was granted a meeting with the parole board and thankfully his appeal was denied yes so he had another meeting in 2015 which wasn't that too long ago and he was also denied so, as of December of 2019, he was in Franklin Medical Center in Columbus, Ohio. But he does have a next parole hearing in 2025. He will be 90. Um, let's hope they decide to still keep him locked away. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly right. Because he needs to be locked away for those, all those murders. <gasps> those babies. Those yes. poor babies. 
Um, Charity, Leonard Jr., Alma, and the eight children, they were laid to rest at Arlington Memorial Gardens in Cincinnati, Ohio. And then one year, and I've never heard of, or at least if they do this, they don't talk about it a lot of times in like my research. But one year after the, the murders were done, they opened the house to the public. Oh, okay. And it still had like blood stains in the basement, blood drip that had dripped oh, wow. down. Okay. It, everything was still like it was, and they let people come in for a free for all to buy like open auction. Back then, they may not have had crime scene cleanup teams. Well, I don't know. They um, people showed up. I mean, people showed up. They said in like curlers and you know men smoking cigars and like all walks of life. They just flocked to get inside this house and see what was what they could buy and get their hands on. Wow, uh, like blood stain didn't matter. Like it's just a I don't know. I can't People imagine. have a fascination with that stuff. They do. But that's why, you know, murder museums exist and stuff. But after the auction, um, the house was cleaned out and renovated and cleaned up. And then someone else um, moved in. And it was a family that was new to the area. And they had no idea what had happened there. Like, no one told them. Like, no neighbor was like, hey, by the way, guess what happened at your house? And that's supposed to be um, disclosed. <laughs> at least nowadays. Maybe yeah. this is why. Nowadays, when you sell a house, it has to be disclosed if anything happened in that house yeah but so, they had no idea it came from this and then they didn't stay long because they reported hearing unexplained noises and voices and oh, it just wow. kind of creeped them out so then they kind of like you know split and so even today it's occupied but it's never occupied for very long okay. families tend to move in and out i'm not one that would so. want to live somewhere like that <laughs> i'm good i'd be so mad if i moved in and put everything up and find out what happened there yes then I would have to move immediately. And everybody's walking by your window looking like, at you like before you know. And you're thinking, why are they looking at us really strange? They must think we're strange. And you don't know what's going on and why. That would not be fun. Mm -mm. So that is the story that we had prepared to give you during Easter week. Uh, we're late. But, you know, better showing up than not showing back up at all. And thank you for listening and yes. coming back. Um, so the sources for this episode are our favorite murder Wikipedia.org and the Always Helpful Wikipedia. Um, pictures will be posted on our Facebook page. Don't forget to like and subscribe and tell your friends about us. Thanks so much for being patient um, with us during our absence. And we're so glad to be back and have people listening. So until next week, we love you. And remember, do the crime and it'll catch up with you in time. And we'll talk about it.